following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome to We Watched A Thing. As always, you've got Billy, but this week you've got a very special guest because it's someone I've been trying to line up to record with for a very long time. I love her and I love her show. It's Katie from For Your Reference. How you doing, mate? I'm doing well. Let's pretend I'm mysterious like Carmen Sandiego, like I haven't been stuck in my house doing nothing. Yes, mystery reference. Thank you. (laughs) Well, and this week we're doing a throwback. And I asked you to pick a movie because I like to do that when I have guests. It's it's fun mm-hmm. to chat about movies that I probably wouldn't think to talk about. And you didn't really think for too long before you came up with this one. Tell me what it is about Muriel's Wedding. I'm assuming that you've seen this before. No, this was actually- Oh, really? Yeah, I was broken in very well by Miss Colette. Um, <laughs> this was a first time watch and I, I was like, where else can I signify this celebration of Tony Collette OG cinema? And I was like, I need to do it on We Watch The Thing because I watch The Thing and I have many <laughs> a thing to say. Um, and I think a lot, like even, you know, um, the podcast community, there's obviously a lot of people in the United States. That's yeah. kind of like in the ether of the forefront memory of cinema, Muriel's Wedding, Australia. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And I've never watched it. Wow, I, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know all of the rocks I've been under apparently. So <laughs> I was like, this is a momentous occasion and I need to obviously document it with you, Billy. It is it's <laughs> going to be a great time. I mean, yeah, because it is one of those just iconic Australian films. Like there's there's really probably only like maybe four or five that just really live in the zeitgeist still. There's like this, The Castle, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which came out the same year as this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've we've been in a bit of a drought of kind of quirky Aussie comedies, which they were huge in the 90s. It's been a while since. So I was really happy to revisit this one. I can't believe you'd never seen it. <laughs> So are we ignoring that Rebel Wilson one where she's pretending like she's in high school but she's like 30, 40? Are we ignoring that? Is she Australian in that? Or is that an I just I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of like um Liam Neeson's where like the accent drops out, so you just accept <laughs> that it's the person playing a role. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get straight into it then. So Muriel's Wedding is a 1994 Australian comedy drama film written and directed by PJ Hogan. It stars Tony Collette, Rachel Griffiths, Jeannie Drynan, Sophie Lee and Bill Hunter. And I'm going to do this to you, KT. What is it about? I didn't realise this was a historical film. It is the first instance of the first Australian con artist. That's what this <laughs> film is about. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Bet you weren't expecting that. I was not expecting the film I got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because it is kind of like marketed as a a comedy. I feel good. Yeah, there's definitely more drama to this than there is comedy, I think. This this is quite a sad film at many times. Yeah. Forget about sad Keanu on the bench. Like, this is is ultimate sad. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, well... Now I need to know, because I can't believe this was your first time watch. How did you feel about this movie? Did you enjoy it? Did it did it give you anything that you were expecting to get out of it? Well, I, I think before I say anything, um, I would say that these are my thoughts and don't come for Billy. <laughs> Send me a DM and I'll be happy to fight you. Um, 
I guess initially, like you said, I was expecting a feel-good giggle-gaggle around the town down under, um, especially the fact that it's called Muriel's Wedding. So I thought we were going to fall in love. We were going to tussle into some conflicting feelings. Yeah. Um, and essentially what we got was, you know, in Muriel or Mariel's character is someone that had a complete disregard for everyone. Like she just did not give two hooties about anybody. Um, and I, you know, you got to respect the hustle. You got to respect the game. But there was a lot of not even caring about her parents, um, mm. a lot of the decisions that she made. But, you know, shout outs to giving us some some real tangible themes to chew on. The OG yeah. true crime con documentary. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's a little bit like rewatching Ferris Bueller's Day Off these days, where you you watch it as an adult and you're like, Ferris is kind of a bit of a. C-. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's he's not a good dude with he's a capital. A c-. C-. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a little bit like that, but um, it kind of reminds me of um Dirty Dancing as well, because Dirty Dancing is a lot heavier than you would expect as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I would definitely define this as a as a coming of age film. Which the interesting thing about that is, of course, that Muriel is is a 19? grown woman. Yeah, she's she's not a child, but it is about her discovering who she is, and I guess discovering to have empathy and care about other people. Because you're right, for the majority of the film, she doesn't, and I guess that's kind of that's where the arc leads to is that by the end she you know she gives up on this ridiculous fantasy and goes to look after you know her best and only friend really yeah absolutely and i think it's like because you try and adjust for inflation because this was decades ago but like 12 grand for a holiday back then (laughs) yeah that's true that is insane wild absolutely wild and there, there was absolutely a lot of fun there was a lot of fanfare in this film i i just try to like move muriel out of the way so i could enjoy all of the other characters <laughs> rachel griffiths is a great standout in this film i think she she has a very pronounced head shape because as soon as we yeah. saw her with the sunglasses i was like that's a whole woman and that's yeah. rachel griffiths <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, she is fantastic in this movie. And it's funny, I've seen this movie a lot. Like, when I was a kid, you know, obviously growing up in Australia, like, yeah. just this was just one of those movies. And and I still watch this movie and it just kind of makes me think of my own childhood. Like, obviously, my family is nothing like Muriel's, but uh-huh. just those little touches of growing up in Australia, like, you know, when they're all at like the Chinese restaurant every night and it's yeah. like, yeah, wow, I've I've sat in restaurants that look exactly like that a million times. And just like the the backyard, that gets me every time because my yard always looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I in my head, I feel like Rachel Griffiths was the one who really did well out of this. Like, I feel like it took a long time for Tony Collette to establish a career after this movie, but I was surprised to learn that she was actually nominated for a Golden Globe for this film. Oh, really? Yeah. So she was nominated and it uh, for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. Um, she didn't win. It didn't get any Oscar nominations, of course. But, yeah, I was surprised that it picked up quite a few international awards it was nominated for a bafta for best screenplay wow um so this movie got around for an australian film which is it's awesome to see (laughs) yeah absolutely and um because i i'm definitely 
after the the stardom of of Tony Collette, you know, yeah. absolutely loving and living in the world of Collette Um and I no, I absolutely love her. Like United States of Tower is a wonderful, beautiful, it is a masterclass in in acting sort of performances yeah. in Tony Collette. Um, you know, obviously hereditary. I would yeah. argue, come and fight me, but I would argue that this is the most harrowing performance that she's had. <laughs> <laughs> just in her again her complete disregard of other people especially her family this is more harrowing as her and the mother and hereditary <laughs> <laughs> well let, let me ask you this then so you went in kind of expecting uh, like a romantic comedy of sorts did you laugh did you find this film funny or were you just more kind of thrown off by her character it was more me trying to understand the tone, right? Because any good film informs what the tone's going to be yeah. going into the film. And I was still trying to figure out where we were going. And I guess at some point you just relinquish whatever your expectations are and you just dive into um, the film. But, the, you know, even if we're talking about like the opening sequences where she's wearing that cheetah dress and can I also be very body pos in the 2020s? Um, I don't understand the fat shaming of Tony Collette either. Like that didn't make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, even her with the cheetah dress, like, I think what they were trying to display, even though it was very nineties and to me, everyone looked the same, but I think they were trying to show that like Muriel's character was the trashy one because she had cheetah print, but everyone kind of looked the same (laughs) in like in the frizzy hair and the neon makeup. I think that's what they're displaying to me, but I also feel like they're, they're all in the same Bogan pool. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's true. It's, it's funny that they try and uh, one thing I really like about the movie is that I don't, I I guess it's kind of hard. I don't feel like the movie necessarily ever, laughs at its characters like even muriel i don't i don't feel like it's ever having a go at her um uh-huh. but yeah she's definitely displayed as almost like the tactless one i guess yeah. which is interesting because as you say they're all you know like all of her friends are horrendous people <laughs> like oh yeah no, and, it's and it, like, it's like regina movie- george who yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the movie does a really weird thing where it does like and and I think the movie works purely based on Tony Collette and her charm because she is charming. Like that that scene at the holiday where her and Rachel Griffiths are dancing to ABBA, you cannot yeah. help but love Muriel, I think. And I think that that is the only reason this movie works because it does ask you to do some strange things. Like it asks you to forgive her not caring about anyone basically just because her dad's a prick. Yeah. But her poor mother ends up literally oh. killing herself. Yeah. And it's like so it it is kind of conflicting, but I actually really like that about the film because I guess that's kind of life. Like everything is grey. There is no heroes and villains really like. But yeah, it is an interesting move that the film pulls. She's not vengeance. <laughs> 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 Who knew Batman and Muriel's wedding would find a way to collide? <laughs> but but you're right about the mom. I I would say aside from Rachel Griffith's character, the mom really held it down for me in regards to like any sort of emotional resonance. I think it was she's definitely the best like thought out and you know um, substantial sort of character because very early it was informed to us that the mom's kind of checked out. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and within good reason, with a husband like that, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I knew, I know what way I felt, but I definitely felt a way when they were in the Chinese restaurant, and he kept having to point out I brought his uncle from China, and it's like, <laughs> okay, bro, thanks, cool. I'll see you in 2020 when I watch this for the first time. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. Do you think, and it's it's interesting to watch this actually from an Australian perspective, knowing that it did do so well overseas. It mm. did as well at the US and Canadian box office as it did here, yeah. which I, I find so interesting. Do you think that movies like this, particularly in the 90s, were made with a little bit of, a little bit of hoping that the audience would you know, laugh at the cheeky Australian, you know, like, yeah. like, especially with the dad, they really play up that Aussie accent, I think. Like, in, yes, I know people who talk like that, but kind most, of sounded like most from Australians, Brisbane, right? yeah, most Australians <laughs> don't really talk like that. Yeah. And I do, I do wonder if maybe films like this were made with that kind of cheeky nod at the camera, like, ah, you know, look at the, look at the Aussie bloke. Isn't he charming? Even though he's doing awful things. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you feel that watching this movie as an Australian? I do think it's interesting to consider that, I guess, you know, as much as we spend hours analysing, you know, like a Starbucks cup in a Game of Thrones episode, yeah. it's, it's still a business, right? And it is interesting to, like, try and traverse the balance between this is an Australian-created film, but we also want it to be able to appeal Oh, yeah. we're cute Australians because, like, it's 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 a very on on brand joke. Wherever you go in the world, there's at least one Australian that is backpacking. Like, yeah. That's yeah. Like, yeah. So if any if you have any sort of reference of an Australian, like even in the films, you'll definitely see that as well. And it's interesting because you know my partner and also on the For Your Reference podcast, Ot, he's Kenyan. So it's it's interesting to see. Um, and I, I guess you can also relate to this too, Billy. If something is big because it was big in Australia, or if something is big because it was genuinely big yeah it's yeah. like ot knows kylie minogue but he doesn't know human nature <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so it is interesting that it got like a worldwide sort of appeal um and i i guess with the dad but everyone has a shit dad like everyone has well, deadbeat yeah. dads like not us personally our dads are great but you know <laughs> like just generally and i think that's a very um universal sort of theme where he tries his best he's kind of not there but the family find a way to piece it together yeah 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 it's true i think you hit on something really interesting there about the universality of the film because i i find it kind of hard to watch this film and think of it as being universal because it does feel so intimate and unique like muriel is such a unique character yeah that it is it's hard to watch it and think about how a universal audience could relate to it in some ways but i think you're right i think it's more what happens around her that that makes it relatable rather than the character herself well if i can flip the 60 minute lens on you do you, <laughs> there, there were many lessons to be learned do you think muriel changed in any sort of meaningful way because you're right there were absolutely moments for that to happen but yeah do you think that she got to some point of of tangible change i i feel like the film wants you to feel that way but i do think that the turn is a bit quick 
Like I, I actually yeah. quite I like showing my cards. I really like this film and I really enjoy this film. But you know, watching it from more like a critical point of view, I do think that that turn to her change happens almost so quick that it it doesn't really exist because right up until that final moment when she literally sleeps with her husband, yeah. Before that moment, she's yeah, as you say, she's not a good person, and then. After that, she goes and picks up Rachel Griffiths and they drive back to Sydney and you're meant to feel all yay and happy and look, she's she's grown, she's learned, she's – but, yeah, it doesn't quite feel earned, does it? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, it's it's like we, we went on an adventure and we ended up in the same sort of place. <laughs> but yeah. I'm also glad that we ventured down there and I'm thankful for the friends and lovers we met along <laughs> the way. Um, her and her husband, can can we talk about, um, I guess, her starting of the incel thread? Like, she was she was a bit how's it going in regards to um, the relations she was hoping to have. And I guess we kind of see that when she's out at the club, right? Yeah, she's she's a horny lady. Yeah, well, it's more that, you know, um, it was more that when they went back, she was like giggling. She was giggling, but like in a very horrific sort of way. <laughs> and I again, this is this is the most scared I've ever been from Tony Collette in a in a performance. Um, and then she also got really confused because the Navy guys' dicks were out. But it's like, what did you think was going to come out of that fellow's pants? Like yeah, yeah. you you were heading to the same station man <laughs> yeah i kind of think that that's the film showing us as i said i think of this as a coming of age film even though she's a grown woman and i think that's just kind of showing us how childlike muriel is like she's probably never seen a wang <laughs> oh okay so she's she's on expert level and she hasn't even done the tutorial yet yeah. that's what we're saying yeah okay. that's that's what i think <laughs> 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 like she's got to get the textbooks out first, you know. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You need to you need to put the theory into practice. But she's got no theory. Yeah, I mean, hanging trunk is it's a horrific sight for anybody. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the right context, it's very welcome. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um. So let's talk about the actors. Then you you mentioned uh, Tony Collette and Rachel Griffiths. Do you feel like Rachel Griffiths is the stronger performance of these two? Well, I, it's 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 this and it's that. I think it's just because the character allowed Rachel Griffiths to be able to bring a bit more range. Yeah. Yeah. And I I will say this, I will concede maybe I'm just jealous of Muriel or Mario <laughs> because maybe if I did watch this in my pre-teens, maybe I would be the one that would be on 60 minutes that scammed everybody. But I wasn't clued up. I didn't get the memo to take 12k, probably that my family didn't have, but I didn't get the I didn't get the memo to take the 12k and I also didn't realize you could just change one letter of your name and start a whole new life. Like maybe I'm just jealous I mean, honestly, I find that whole section of the plot so hilarious. When she mentions that she's changing her name to Mariel, it honestly comes off as a joke at first. And then yeah. the biggest joke is that for the next hour of the movie, everyone, even her own parents, call her Mariel. And yeah. I just find it so funny. <laughs> But it's like, but I, I'm getting tips, you know, I'm getting, this is my coming of age. Now I'm <laughs> learning. <laughs> Although I would say I would love to work in a video 
store because I was kind of a bit um, too young to be at a working age oh. during the blockbuster video easy um, sort of age. And you just like, there's something about the staff that was oh. so passionate and I just yeah. wish I had had that moment, but I guess that turns into creating a film podcast, but it would have been so cool to be like working at a video store. Yeah. I was going to say show it, showing my age here, but I worked at a video store and it was the best job I ever had. I still love thinking about that job. Like, I just loved it. And you'd sit on the counter and you'd put on whatever movie you wanted to watch and you'd uh -huh. watch it on the back wall and you'd finish at midnight and you'd take home a bag of videos and candy. And God, I loved that job. <laughs> I wish they still what, existed. What would you say is like one of your most like killer moments of like a recommendation that you've given to someone and they've come back and like told you all about it? Oh, I used to recommend Jeff Goldblum's The Fly to everybody. Anybody nice. who I saw walk into the horror section, I'd be like, get The Fly. You won't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I loved that job. <laughs> it's just something. It's There's something magical about film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel really lucky that the only jobs I've ever had were in a video store, a cinema, and now working in in film and TV. It's just I feel so lucky that that's my life. <laughs> it must be so much fun. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it, it beats scamming people 12K, definitely. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, that, that kind of money would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so can I ask you about the narrative then? Because I'm still so shocked that you'd never seen this film. Did this film surprise you other than just its kind of content? Did the actual story surprise you at any point? Did you ever find it predictable, for example, or was it always like, oh, wow, this is happening now? I I was I was just so interested by the fact that I was like, oh, this lady's gonna marry herself. Like this yeah. is, it's that sort of film. Like she's not getting cats, she's skipping the cat step and she's yeah. just going and marrying herself. <laughs> and I'm like, power to you, girl. Like if that's what you want to do. Um, narrative-wise, I would say um for I, I and this is this is very funny. Come and come and fight me, or come and hug me for the the loss of cinema that I have. But there is a gap of Australian cinema that I just haven't picked up on. Maybe it's me being a brown woman um, that we didn't necessarily watch a lot of like quintessential, not even just Australian, but like just films in general. Yeah. Um, but I guess in regards to this film, I also give a lot of kudos to the fact that they dug deep on a lot of themes that I wasn't necessarily expecting from yeah. an Australian film in the 90s, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I talked about it before with like mental illness, with depression, you know, yeah. with the mum's character. Um, there, there was also like a little bit of talking about land rights and, and Indigenous people, even though it was kind of like an aside one line sort of thing. Yeah. But at least it was conscious of of it um which i thought was quite interesting and then they also talked about like the difference between black south africans and white south africans yep. to muriel's bemusement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, there was some real life tough shit um that was being covered in this film and uh, not not to say that i wasn't expecting that from an australian film in the 90s but it was definitely most welcome there was definitely some tangible themes to hold on to yeah yeah, definitely. I actually feel like that's one thing that's always been nice about Australian cinema is I do think that those kind of themes do tend to be 
touched on a little bit more. I mean, may, it's hard to say. Maybe that's just because we make less films. So the ones that you do actually see tend to just be of higher quality. I'm sure that if we were pumping out as many movies as Hollywood, there'd be a lot of shit as well. But, <laughs> but yeah, I do think that generally we touch on more of those themes. I find it really interesting that off the back of this film, PJ Hogan, who wrote and directed this film, went to the States and went on to make My Best Friend's Wedding. That was the next film that he made after this with Julia Roberts and Cameron Diaz. Um, I always find that so fascinating that he went from this movie, which kind of poses as a rom-com, to that which more or less is a straightforward (laughs) rom-com. Well, I I guess it's like an an evolution or maybe just like a a changing of aesthetic. Like when you think like musical artists, like Madonna's been every artist to ever exist. (laughs) Maybe that's just the sort of, um, I I guess, evolution or like sort of opportunity that PJ got. But you, you are correct in saying that this is very uniquely Australian. And it is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that something that is very uniquely Australian did you know, find its way across the world without having any sort of like, oh, we're Americans in Australia (laughs) sort of thing. Yeah. What's your favourite Australian film? My favourite Australian film? Uh, Currently at the moment it would be Mystery Road um, that came out not too long ago. It's based on an Indigenous police detective um, they've also spawned off TV, um, a TV series as well. ABC. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's pretty cool. It's 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 got all of the Jagannaths. Warwick Thornton, cinematographer. Oh, director. I love Warwick Thornton. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. Um, well, what what I also love about him is he's he's not wanky. He in one of the no, interviews yeah. that would, they were doing about the production of Mystery Road as well as the um, TV show was he was saying everything is cinema, even if you're watching it on a phone. Yes. It's still cinema. Whether it's inside of a cinema, it's cinema because of the growing quality of production, right? Yeah. Um, and it, I guess um, just a little tidbit for the Australian friends and lovers, <laughs> the Australian Post like released like these stamps of iconic directors. Warwick Thornton's on there. Baz Luhrmann is on there. I don't know who still uses stamps, but <laughs> those are some collectibles um if you're interested but i would say currently at the moment that's my favorite australian film yeah nice warwick thornton has made some fantastic i mean samson and delilah is one of the most devastating films i've ever seen like god that movie hits you right in the gut (laughs) yeah he's just fantastic there's, there's, there's so much to dive into and um i I guess if we want to be cheeky can we say thor love and thunder coming up (laughs) does that count as an australian film (laughs) it's like us trying to claim russell crowe like kind of technically we we get it right (laughs) yeah yeah so i don't don't know if you remember that period in the 90s when we tried to claim mel gibson (laughs) and and i'm glad we lost that battle (laughs) yeah yeah we dropped that pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) to me the only mel gibson that exists is the one in passion in the christ and the one in south park that's (laughs) that's it Oh, God, that's great. (laughs) Um, All right. So, all in all, how are you scoring Muriel's Wedding? Are you glad that you watched it? Would you watch it again? Would you recommend it to others? I would give it a seven, but but that's not a bad thing. Yeah, Um, yeah. 
I would give it a seven just in the sense that I do feel like there's nothing wrong with having a protagonist that goes out thinking that their shit doesn't stink. There's nothing wrong with that. I actually think it's more compelling when you have protagonists that aren't perfect. Yeah. But where my qualm lies is when they're not challenged by their problematic or less than learned sort of views of the world. So I was kind of hoping for a little bit more challenging um in regards to muriel's character mariel's character (laughs) um but i had so much fun watching the film it was a lot of aesthetics i i might need to buy some chokers but i really enjoyed (laughs) living in that slice of cinema yeah nice no i think that's a totally fair score i'm also a seven i and I think that's that's a that's a good score for a film. Like yeah. I really enjoy this movie. I, as I said, I think that this movie hangs on the charm of Tony Collette and the yeah. chemistry and relationship really between her and Rachel Griffiths is you know. And I think watching their friendship and seeing that relationship go to the point where it does, um, I find it a really touching film. And and I love a lot of the subplots in this film like this i was shocked re-watching this last night at how fast this movie goes like i feel like it covers a lot of ground in the hour 40 runtime like yeah. uh, lesser movies i don't think would bother with muriel's mother but i think that that is a really important part of this film so yeah i'm a seven yeah cool would you do you feel differently about the film after watching it all these years? Do you feel like it hold, like it stands up or do you think you appreciate it differently? That's a really interesting question. I certainly had ne- like when you brought up at the start of recording about kind of what a awful person she is. I'd never really thought about that. That's something that I had never noticed or never really thought of. And I think maybe it's because I had seen it this film so young that I just I knew who Muriel was before I started mm. watching the film. Maybe it bothered me less, um, and I think part of it is also just being used to this style of film. I think, like I said in the '90s, I think this kind of offbeat, kind of dramatic comedy was really common in Australia. I think the castle's quite similar. I don't know if you've ever seen The Rage in Placid Lake with Ben Lee, but that's yeah. another film that I really love that's kind of similar. So I think just kind of expecting the style and the character, I think, meant that my view of the film didn't really change. I will I will say that I do have a sharp ability of identifying shitty characters very <laughs> early. Like I get a whiff of them very early. You know, I, I referenced Game of Thrones earlier. I was the I wouldn't say I was the first, but I am an internet person, so I will say I was <laughs> the first to call out how shitty Daenerys was. Um, in Game of Thrones and also how shitty Kendall is from Succession. So for those that watch TV shows, I hope you got a little giggle gaggle (laughs) out of that. But I have this ability of like – pointing out like identifying the really shitty characters and then having to sit there and wait for like OT to realize a season in. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, they're not great people. (laughs) Like this is terrible. Um, While we're talking about Australian cinema and – because we love the US so much, it is Pride Month there. Um, there was a really lovely, beautiful um, film that I think we found on Stan 
last year. It's called The Sum of Us and it's got Russell Crowe as the main character. Um, and that was a very, again, if we're talking about uniquely Australian, cuts yeah. out all, all of the fluff, just really gets to, you know, the, the the relationship between a son and a father. It was a very beautiful film. And again, it came out of nowhere. I've personally never heard of it before. Yeah. I've heard of Muriel's Wedding at least. So yeah. like I've never heard of The Sum of Us before, but watching that film talking about like gay rights and and there was also a play that talks to a lot of the themes as well in Australia in the 90s I'm yeah. like yes please thank you very much more of this cinema thank you <laughs> yeah nice I'll add that to the watch list for sure I don't think I've heard of that one yeah it took Stan yeah nice thanks nice. for sponsoring Stan <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me for this awesome chat. It's always great to talk about a film, like I said, that I just would not have ever thought to do an episode on. Like, I have not thought of this movie in probably 15 years. So it was awesome to rewatch it and chat about it with you. Can you tell everybody about For Your Reference and where they can find you and Odie and all the cool stuff that you guys do? Uh, cool is questionable, but the stuff it's that we super do. Cool. It's super <laughs> cool. You guys cover such a broad range of topics. I love it. Like, you do not only movie and TV shows, but you've spoken about music and culture and just like, it's just awesome. We also do anime for the weebs. So we cover <laughs> we cover all of the dark, damp corners of the internet. Um, on, on Twitter and Instagram, we're at For Your Ref Pod. Um, and that's, I guess, again, don't fight Billy and don't fight OT. I'm usually the one that wants all of the heat. Um, and our website is FYRpodcast.com. But thank you so much for having me on, Billy. I hope one day we can have an IRL ABBA dance-off, you and oh I together. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, yes, yes. And we would need to film that, obviously. <laughs> I don't think the world is ready. <laughs> I don't think the world is ready, but we are. <laughs> oh, absolutely we are. I will I will <laughs> dance you off to ABBA in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, but I feel like it's going to turn into us trying to steal the stage from each other, which yeah. will also be very fun too. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, well, th <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining me. It's awesome to finally chat to you. And, yes, I would highly recommend for your reference. It is a great show. I, th I think that uh, you and Odie are both – very, very good at speaking, if that makes sense. <laughs> I think very good of the word speak. I think you're yes. both better at it than I am, so I would oh. definitely recommend checking it out. <laughs> I just wanted to say one more thank you and how much we love your podcast. You were really the Jagannauts, especially when we started out, and we just love you so much. And Aww. thank you for having me on. And it, it couldn't have been a better film, really. Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> Oh, stop it. We'll be here for a while, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, I will be getting to Thor Love and Thunder, speaking of it. And uh, also heading up to our 250th episode. So Topher will be coming back. I might drop this in later because I'm not sure if this is what we're going to do. But he uh, he's pretty convinced that we should do Daredevil just because we both love Ben Affleck so much. So <laughs> I think that uh, could be interesting. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Yeah.